You're listening to Cards to the Moon, a podcast about trading cards from both a collector and investor perspective. We hope you'll stick around for the ride as we take a deep dive into the state of the hobby, share some hot takes, hopefully some useful advice and fun stories along the way. Hey guys, you're listening to episode 83 of Cards to the Moon. My name is Clark from Five Card Guys on Instagram. And co-hosting with me as always is Hyung of Integrity Sports Cards and John who is Trade You at Recess. So off the top, just to let our listeners know, we usually record one week before we publish the episode. So sometimes we miss some very timely news by the time our show airs. And one of those news items that came out after last week's episode is the whole 2022 Topps Chrome Baseball short print debacle. So for those who haven't heard the news, the checklist for that set had five short print rookie cards, which included Julio Rodriguez, Bobby Witt Jr., Spencer Torkelson, CJ Abrams, and Hunter Green. But then there was speculation after the release of the Chrome Hobby and Jumbo Boxes that the short prints never made it into the set. The speculation came when nobody was hitting them, break after break. And unfortunately, it was true because Topps eventually sent out a release confirming their error. Now, their solution is to send a special two-card silver pack with a chance for collectors to hit the short print cards. But you would have to A, have bought the Chrome box directly from Tops, or get them from your local hobby shop, um, theoretically by showing your receipt. So logistically, it sounds like a nightmare, but yeah, what are your thoughts when you first heard that this was taking place? I'm sure there's going to be some honest people, you know? (laughs) 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 Oh man, what a mess. We were just hyping it up last week because we were excited. (laughs) Because Topps yeah. Chromes are our jam, you know, like that's that's what we look forward to every year and probably the most important aspects of them because the Chrome Autos were like impossible to hit between the like, good ones. like yeah. yeah, the good ones. And right. so it was like the, the SPs that people were looking forward to, at least it's a it's a chase. Right. So to have those, I don't know about the solution. I don't know if that's the right solution. I would have just said put it in the Chrome update product, you know, but. I mean, silver you, pack. I I, yeah. I, just, I just think they're like w- there's so many people that like bought. I guess if if they're not buying f- directly from Tops or something, or they're doing like how you, how are you gonna do handle breaks? How are you gonna handle all these middlemen people? Exactly. Right, yeah. and you're you're relying on the honesty of kind of like the dealers and you know and whatnot. So the hobby I don't know. shop owners. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just a it's just a debacle it's a is mess. the right word. <laughs> true disappointed though I for guess, sure yeah yeah i mean like how would you feel if we had paid 500 bucks in here in canada oh, man and that's oh, insane yeah yeah on on top of that while we're at on we're at, while we're at it like stuff like julio rodriguez being like a horizontal card and right. and oh. the uniform the uniform number is not even his right number Apparently it's apparently it's a photo from I think it's from the Olympics, but people say it's his minor league jersey number. That's why it's like a different number. It's like it's a Photoshop. But like little stuff like that, it's like 
you know, Tops ha- has to clean it up regardless. Like, right. um, those are the little details that I think the hobbyists, like, they look for stuff like that, right? So, uh, de- definitely disappointing with, with everything Tops Chrome related <laughs> within, a, within a week. That excitement just literally, you know, just died down. So, true. Yeah. John? Yeah, I don't know what's going on with, uh, even with the, the whole image thing is uh, while we're on it. Um, same with Panini too, right? Like Scotty Barnes's Prism card. I don't know if people know, but that's the same image of a photo from his college days. I think they actually use that stock image in one of their college right. Prism yeah. products, which is which is ridiculous. I don't know what is going on that they would use images that old. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this must have, you know, may, probably the print of this must have been in the works for, you know, one or two years or something, and it finally kind of caught up, but. Man, what a what a mess! I don't I don't even know like people who bought from hobby shops or people who bought like you know secondhand off of eBay. They're not gonna get. Uh, they're not gonna be, you know, the redemptions aren't coming to them for sure. And then for folks that, what's even worse is people who went all in, right? This is a big year. It's we're talking like Wander, Julio, Chrome, like massive year for chrome and i'm sure there are people who bought cases and cases of this Mm -hmm. stuff at retail and or more than retail with the thought process of holding it or selling it at a big profit right and uh from what i understand box prices have been going down pretty fast because of this news so there's a lot of people who went in early on this stuff lost a lot of money you're not going to be able to recoup that i'm sure even um hobby stores they probably had to uh, maybe double up on their stock and pay non-retail prices to get stock in right away. Um, and then prices are going down. So they're losing money regardless of silver packs or not. They're losing a lot of money. So this is, it's just a massive, massive mistake. I never would have thought a company like Tops would make this kind of a mis- mistake, but we, we've been seeing this a lot, right? I, I don't know what it is. Yeah. COVID logistics. They did you know, that to Kellenic. Kellenic too last year, his SP. Oh yeah, yeah, in Chrome. Oh really? But it was it was just him. But the five, they had, the five, all five big names are affected <laughs> yeah, here. Yes. Yeah. Right. Just what the heck? That's bad. Yeah. yeah. It just do, seems do, like do, every release, like it feels rushed. I don't know why. You know, like they, they just. Do you, do you guys think that like that? What I talked about, like that Julio, you know, um, like the jersey. You think that actually will affect his long term price? for for him because obviously his prices are ridiculous those autos right now right. because mm-hmm. i mean people aren't people whoever pulls them people are asking for ridiculous amounts but i yeah. think long term like these are the things that kind of like have make it less appeal from a hobby perspective kind of one of the cards that like reminds me of it is that acuna the acuna sapphire auto like mm-hmm. he he's same thing minor league jersey number but it was a sapphire auto. It was it wasn't his real like jersey. It was a horizontal image, and then that card was never desired as an Acuna collector. That was kind of right. like at the bottom of the list, right? So I'm thinking that like this might like for the J Rod collectors at least, because obviously the 2019 Bowman is his is his is his card to get, and then this was the anticipation of his rookie auto. But his rookie auto isn't isn't that great, right? So right, right. 
I was going to ask if that Acuna card was desired. I guess it isn't. It, it not not as much. Yeah, like that's a Sapphire Auto too. It's the it's the it's the auto version of I guess what everybody chases with the bat down image. But it's yeah. a it's a horizontal image where he's like wearing number seventy two or some high high number. If you're wearing a high number and you're in the minors, you know you you're you're on the far <laughs> far far field. <laughs> Is that the only card with that? Because, you know, the contrarian play is like, you know, if it's cheap enough, you buy it. And same thing with J-Rod, this, uh, you know, whenever it comes out, you get it. And then and then you start pumping it up as an error card. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think people are going to buy that, Clark. But, you know. Hey, if this platform becomes big enough, this podcast here, that's, uh, I'm only going to be talking about those two cards. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a, I agree with you guys. It's a big mess. I mean, there's no perfect solution in this case, right? Like, if you put in the Chrome update, which is a good solution too for some collectors, you know, you don't, um, you know, you're going to get people that are pissed off that bought in early. Like, what do they do, right? And yeah. so you're not going to make everyone happy. So the other argument is that they're short printed. So, like, the chances of you getting one was probably low anyway. But still, you want to have the opportunity, right? Like the, if you're paying a certain price for it. But the question then... is, how short printed? Because <laughs> right. Tops could you... say it's short printed with a print run of ten thousand, right? And then then yeah. it's not really a short print, right? Because they call it, they 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 did that with the Vladi NNO. They called it a, a short print, but. There's many thousands out there. Right? It's like, why so. are all these uh, silver packs comes with these short print cards? <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll see how this plays out. Hopefully, you know, when Fanatics takes over, I don't know what the uh, leadership structure is going to be. Like, if it's the same people, I'm sure there'll be some changes. But, you know, you can only hope that this stuff will never happen again. All right, yeah. with that, let's move on now to hobby headlines. So unfortunately, guys, we're still in this bear market, but we always say there are plays to be had. One of those plays is knowing when to sell even when most card values are going down, just so you can have cash to reinvest or buy other cards that are also at all-time lows, which might actually have a better chance of seeing a profit in the near future. And sometimes you just have to hold your current cards and hope for the best instead of selling everything too quickly at a loss only to see prices rebound later. So I thought I would lay out a few scenarios for you guys and I want you to give me your opinion on what you would do for each scenario and why. And of course, this isn't financial advice, just our opinions on what we would do personally. And uh, yeah, feel free to agree or disagree with anything we say. We welcome feedback anytime. Okay, so first scenario. What do you do with the cards you bought more specifically, junk slabs that you bought at the height of the hobby. You know, when hobby was booming two years ago, you know, all those junk slabs that you have. I know a lot of us are in that position. What are you doing with that? Oh, man, they're, they're, they're just chilling right now. They haven't seen, seen any light in a while, actually. <laughs> right. But I, I, I got to actually sell, sell a bunch, uh, a lot of my junk stuff. I still have a lot of stuff. But like, for instance, I have those Vladi NNO PSA 9s, you know, that I think I bought for 30 mm. bucks at the time, which wasn't bad. I should have sold when they were like 90. I, I just didn't have time. But like stuff like that, I'm, I'm actually 
okay withholding because for me mm. it's like long term i think you know eventually you know you look at the history of you know cards you could kind of extrapolate the the data right so i think they're going to be i don't know what they are today i might get 30 bucks for them so i could either cash out or just hold on to them and you know kind of root for vladi or root for those players that you know i have other than that you know if there's there's also like things you could do like uh just liquidate them and then you know put it into like bigger cards right just keep on repeating the process and i know like it's tough to sell junk slabs these days but mm -hmm. um a good another good idea is like uh if if you have a good enough following do like a mystery pack mystery packs right, right. And, and put in a couple big hits and you know take all your junk cards those are your common cards and you know do a mystery pack with your like community if you if you ha if you're on facebook or whatever you know uh, i see i see some successful ones i see some not so successful ones but uh, yeah. it helps with the credibility if if you have a little bit of credibility and we we talked about that before with like the social media platforms that's why it's right. kind of like good to always you know be active in that sense because when you have to do stuff like this it makes it a lot lot easier right so yeah, yeah that's that's what i would do probably um okay that's good yeah. points i think i would be selling it all <laughs> anything that you have that yeah. is ultra modern junk slab i would probably just get rid of it all at whatever price i can get it for right now and the reason mm -hmm. i say that is um i was going to mention this a bit about when we we're talking about tops chrome's debacle on short print you know as, as big of a mistake as that is i think in the future of the hobby um what's going to affect tops and panini and fanatics moving forward is this whole concept of making such like a like a bigger checklist so you can see top scrum this year there are new parallels there are tons and tons of vet autos and, and stuff to kind of fill in the gaps because why did they do that because they increased the print run of the base so they need to kind of fill in all the hits so not only are you increasing the print run because you want to make a lot of money by selling a lot of product you're also increasing the retail price so you're like doubly down um, it just and hobbyists we're not everyone's savvy in this in this now we, you can clearly see the greed side of it more so than kind of giving back to the hobby so I think moving forward that's going to be the big concern like fanatics needs to really pay attention to the hobby here we're not that stupid in following aimlessly and just paying prices up the wall um, so I think some of us I'm, so yeah yeah <laughs> So for me, the reason why I mention this stuff because I'm sorry, I'm starting to get really concerned about ultra modern. And if you sure. own ultra modern, and you know, like a Tyler Hero Panini certified, or like you know, like any of those sort of <laughs> yeah. non-prism, non-numbered um, junk slabs, if it's a PSA ten, especially if it's a PSA nine or an eight, mm -hmm. um, even if some of those cards are worth thirty bucks and you can get ten bucks for it, I would probably just get rid of it all because. Yeah, you're losing a lot of money on it, but as we move forward in this sort of like quote unquote junk slab, ultra modern, and the whole yeah. ultra modern scene starts to get worse and worse or starts to deteriorate, I just think it's going to be harder and harder for you to say a rebound in those cards. So yeah, Tyler Hero might become a five-time all-star, but you're sitting on a Panini certified or like a Panini Chronicles card that's worth 10 bucks in a PSA 10. 
what are the odds of it going to 50 bucks? I think that climb is going to be so much tougher to see you get incremental profits than taking that 10 bucks or taking that $100 and putting into something else, maybe vintage or something else. So if you're in this for the flip game, if you're in this for uh, long term, or it just if, it, if this is an investment thing, for me, I think I would get rid of it all and try to <laughs> use that money and put it into something that is not ultra modern because ultra modern is, to be honest, it's starting to, to scare me a bit. I agree, man. Mm-hmm. I'm going to side with Johnny on this one. I'm selling it all. Or uh, I, I think you mentioned it briefly, Hyung. I'm going to give it away. Just build up my credit as, <laughs> yeah, yeah, as yeah. five card guys. Like, dude, everyone likes free Give stuff, even if it's $10, yeah, right. right? Well, Halloween's so. coming up, so I was thinking of making baggies. Oh, for, yeah. for the, <laughs> there you go. Maybe there you go. trick or treat. You just give it, giving away slabs for trick or treat. <laughs> All these kids are like, I, I want a chocolate bar, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but there, there, there are cycles, too, where I think you could take advantage of the market because, for instance, like, um, like I think baseball is going to keep on going down. So like that, that's where you might mm-hmm. want to unload where, you know, basketball season, you might have, you know, a guy that might go off and, you know, trigger the right. emotional people, right. That, and then they start buying it and you sell it to them at, at the, at the right time. So it's like, yeah, liquidating is definitely the game. And mm-hmm. I think it's just, uh, you could, you could play it smart. It doesn't have to be, the dump right off the bat you could kind of say okay within the next six months like i'm gonna try to get some football hype i'm gonna try to get some basketball hype definitely buying baseball not selling baseball and i think it has a lot more to kind of go down so i think the timing of the markets are kind of getting back into play before covid or during covid we kind of didn't have that cycle of Kind of like true, the true. seasons that we are talking mm-hmm. about. I think yeah. it's coming back into play because of the correction, obviously, right? So right. yeah, yeah, I agree with that. No, great point yeah, for great sure. Point. All right, good one, guys. Okay, second scenario: you bought a stud player in a down year. So let's say Juan Soto, for example. We love Juan Soto, but since the trade from Washington to San Diego, if you haven't been paying attention, I think the latest that I saw was. Since the end of August to right now, he's batting like less than 150. Very tough one. Yeah. Pretty, yeah, pretty uh, bad. Not typical for Juan Soto. He bought high or, you know, when the, when the market was a bit hotter. Um, but, you know, his prices obviously have been decreasing because he just hasn't been playing well. What are you doing in this case? Double down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't double mind double, double downing on guys like Soto. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I still believe in him as a player long term. So if it's a guy like Soto, yeah, I I'd double down. If it's, you know, it, it all depends on the player, I think, because it's ultimately do I want to go and ride or die with this guy pretty much, you know, for the next, <laughs> right. you know, long term. Right. So there's only a few guys that I would actually, you know, consider that. But in this case, I like guys like Juan. So I think. Yeah, he, I mean, he's still young. He's 23 years old. He has a World Series title. He has an MVP. He has a batting title. You know, we all know what we we're doing when we we're 23 years old. We weren't winning batting <laughs> titles. So it's yeah. like, you know, everybody has a down year. Bat- baseball's tough. I always say it. Baseball's not an easy game. So if you, right. if you believe in, like, generational talent, then I don't mind doubling down or even, like, waiting. Like I said, the baseball market's slowing down. Soto's prices are even going to probably go lower 
right? And then there might be a little hype in spring training again, right? So it's like I think you could probably get his price for pretty cheap this off season. So mm-hmm. I think if you bought in Soto expensive, a good way to kind of recoup some of that money is investing a little more in him. Sure, sure. I was going to make this a whole segment, but I didn't know how long it would take because I think we're all big Soto fans and we would have said the same thing about <laughs> doubling down. So, uh, so yeah, I just put this in the scenario. Yeah. But before we go to John, how about Acuna? Also the same kind of story. Ah, man, you know you know my thing with knees, man. I have I have a traumatic knee knee history you know i still suffer from it to this day and you know Mm -hmm. it literally i I don't know man acuna's knee did not look good and he had even admitted it uh the last uh, couple weeks of august i think it started bothering him and he's definitely not the same and his numbers show so for me i'm just very um cautious because acuna was very very high he was one of those a type players, the Lucas, the you know the Sotos, the Tatis, these guys that have extreme volatility. So so yeah, if 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 it goes down enough where you know it's reasonable, I think I still like Acuna, but his prices were so high, you know. Right, so it's right, like right. It, it has a lot to come down. I think. Fair. Right. Okay. To that point, baseball. Can... To that point, baseball has a bunch of hobby darlings that you could classify as a double down, right? Because I think mm-hmm. Aaron Judge uh, and to a, to a lesser degree, Pujols has kind of taken all of the spotlight. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, to be fair, there wasn't too much spotlight to be taken because the Hobby Darlings haven't really been performing, but we're talking Soto, uh, Tatis is in the mix. Um, Tatis, yeah. Because of some dumb decisions, but he's in the mix. Acuna because of his injury. Vladdy, bit of a down year. So you could, in theory, say that these are all double down candidates, and it's really up to, you know, your your research, your belief in the player, um, and if you're a fan, right? So I think th- those all kind of factor in whether you're going to double down. But baseball has a ton of double down candidates, probably more so than a lot of other sports, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting to to view right now. Yep, good point. Um, yeah, of course it depends on the player, but if we're talking about stud players that we've always believed in, you know, a small sample size won't deter me from like just unloading their stuff or won't won't force me to unload their stuff. Zion looks good just putting it out there. <laughs> oh man, it's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> I've been burned. I guess I have my own personal bias. But. Yeah. But uh, you know what? With Zion, speaking of Zion, like his prices are already coming up, so yeah. like there's no good opportunity to buy low. But right, I mean, if you have a blue chip, like going further on this, if you have a blue chip player, whether it's Soto, or we're even talking like legacy goats, like we're talking LeBron and a Jordan Carter, Kobe, or wh- whatnot, um, in a down market, I mean, the general consensus to me is is hold. Right, if you have a big card like that. Yeah. that moves with the market you hold right so it's the same thing like think of it as um kind of like real estate like your house right in a down market 100%. as the markets are you going to just bail on and sell your house and be homeless like no you're not you're going to hold because you believe that it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna turn itself over i mean some people do, don't get me wrong some people do do sell and they rent and they they yeah, hold exactly. the cash right so um i mean obviously there is that but it really depends on your number one, your belief in sports cards in general as a hobby and investment. And if you believe that it will rebound and this isn't a 
it's going to crash forever and become a nothing. Um, then for players like Soto, like LeBron that have lost some money, like Luca that has, that has lost a lot of people money. Um, I think mainly their holds until you see the market rebound. And obviously, again, it also depends on your situation, right? If you need the money sure. now, if you, if you're, if you can hold and you're okay with money's money sitting in sports cards, it really depends on your actual life situation, but for sure. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Actually, that's a good segue. You kind of already answered it. So I don't know if you're going to change or have anything to add to this, but the third scenario was, yeah, you bought a high end rare card, right? And for good money, but you're seeing like a tremendous double digit decrease in value along with the rest of the card market, right? right? So what do you do then? And I think you mentioned you would hold, but like at what point, right? Like when do you start to feel nervous? Right. And you know, right. see, I think, I think when, when you buy a high end rare card like that, you, you, you would only go in on that if you truly believed in the player. Right. So if you're, if you're bailing out, let's just say on Mike Trout, you're like, okay, now it really scares me. And you have a really high end trout. Then yeah, I would say, you know what, you might want to cash out because like for me, we, we talked about this when the market started turning earlier, like this is months ago. Like I yeah. anticipate it getting worse. You know, the bank, the, the interest rates increased again. They announced it today, right. Mm-hmm. For, for interest. So it's like, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to have less and less people spending money. Uh, but at the same time, like I said, there's going to be a, a point where this is where the people with money are just waiting, right? This is mm-hmm. where they cash out uh, of some of the assets ready to buy because they're going to go on sale. So I still believe that we're still approaching that, you know, and we're like 12 to 24 months back then right so we're just i think we're still seeing that so if on in terms of a high-end card though like i have to see what the pop count is because for me i'm just saying okay if i can't buy back this card then it's not worth selling you know at 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 this point right right? so unless again i i like for instance i have high-end tatis i'm i'm in big dollars with them so it's like i'm not gonna se- i'm not gonna sell it right now because i still believe in tatis's ability and i believe that once he s- keeps on playing and doing damage people are gonna be emotional again and you know those are the things cards that you can't get back they're very hard to pull the trigger in the first place you got to remember when you mm. buy a high-end rare card it was very very difficult to pull the trigger probably for most people at least right, right. so it's like um, you're not gonna you're you, there's a good chance you'll never buy it again is what I'm saying right, so at yeah. that point I think that good was point. would be probably because you just don't believe in the player or you need the cash right so if you're in those two situations I think uh, you have some options sure. um, but yeah yeah um, all good points um, I guess it depends too like if you are strictly an investor you know when you got into the hobby and you just want to kind of make that quick flip but then right. just bad timing right now, of course, you know, and, and, uh, you know, if you had the funds and you bought something high end, um, obviously you're probably a big risk taker anyways at that point, And uh, you're trying to make a quick flip. If that was your mentality going in and you're not like, you know, you wouldn't call yourself a collector. Um, I would think about selling now. Like th- that's one case where I would, right. because, you know, I would think that the market still has room to go down. And, you know, maybe I want to research a little bit and buy another card also considered high end, but 
those prices are much lower as well. So as an investor, I'm always looking for those opportunities anyway, and I'm not attached to the card at all. But yeah, like you guys said, if I was a collector, I bought these high-end cards. It took me a while to pull the trigger. Yeah, it's it's kind of in a vault anyways, right? And I'm just waiting it out. And um, and I did say if it was a rare card, so like you don't expect it to just completely drop in value because you know um, because None. it is rare. Yeah, it's no not comps. like a, exactly exactly. All right, those were my three scenarios. Hopefully, people are, you know, less nervous about the market. I don't know <laughs> with all this advice. Yeah, I, I don't think we <laughs> we are positive about the market, but it is a good buying opportunity, right? Like that's that's the good part, about right? It, yeah. Right? Well, I mean, you know, Hyung's right. Like life is about to get real for a lot of people in this next in the next couple yeah. of months. So when life becomes real, obviously things like investment. Um, become you know that's that's it'll be it'll get put to the wayside right so i think sure hyung is right that we're probably going to be seeing a lot more pain in the next little while and this is not we're not even talking sports here we're talking everything any investment across the board um if you do have extra money and you're in a um you know the the a situation where you can't take advantage. This is where the, they say the rich get richer, right? They, they sit on the sidelines and wait till prices become like super sale price. Absolutely. And then you kind of go in, right? So I think, you know, what, what, one point that I, I forgot to mention is, you know, when you're buying high end, to your point about high end rare cards, you know, like I think for a lot of people, you also have to, I know you can get caught up in the hype and stuff like that, but you also have to know your your wheelhouse and your budget. Right. Sure. So for for myself, and I'm not trying to say this to boast that I was like a, a genius or anything like that, but I was trying to at one point, you know, I had that Otani card that was I bought for like a three four hundred bucks a sapphire. It went all the way up to forty five hundred USD. Mm-hmm. I love Otani. I loved watching him. I was all in, and I always wanted a big Otani card. And boom, there I I had it forty five hundred dollars US. Um, but that was clearly the biggest card in my collection at the time, and I thought to myself. This is not my wheelhouse, like four or five thousand dollars. I don't buy cards this big. I just got lucky and I have one. But if I am going to have a rare and big card like that, probably shouldn't be in, in Otani. It should be in something that is a lot more safer because that is my, you know, if you're going to go into that space, right? So I, I actually flipped it for the Tiger Woods. And this is something that a lot of people should think about. If, if buying a J Rod gold refractor that's $15,000 and you normally buy $2,000 cards, you're over leveraging. Not on top of that, you have that, you're holding that risk, right? Like Tatis can go and do PEDs or Mike Chalk can blow both knees. Like there's risk involved, right? So if, if you're going to go into high end rare above and beyond what is your area yeah. of comfort, I would certainly put it into something like vintage or something that is yeah. very safe kobe jordan lebron something like that right so that's just something to think about like don't go in buying a ten thousand dollar bobby witt <laughs> when something. you don't when you don't when you don't play in that space yeah. right so yeah good advice good general investment advice for sure for sure all right again we would love to hear from our listeners on what you guys would do you know you can always reach out to us on instagram at carts to the moon all one word and uh, if you're on Facebook, you can always reach out to our uh, Five Card Guys page there. I always uh, check the DMs or the messages there as well. So yeah, uh, just curious to see what our listeners and subscribers would do in these scenarios. 
Okay, let's go on to our next new segment we're calling FOMO Level Check. So, so we tend, to, I couldn't think of a better name, but so uh, we tend to talk a lot about athletes who we like to buy low on, but then there are times when some athletes just start playing lights out, you know, and their card values start to increase even further. And that's when we start to get FOMO, fear of missing out, right? So just for fun, I'm going to name some guys that are currently playing really well. And you guys tell me what your FOMO level is on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 being no FOMO at all and 10 being max FOMO where you're itching to buy high. Okay? All right, let's uh, start with football because football's on right now. So we're recording this after week two. So by this time this airs, we can be dead wrong depending on how they play in week three. <laughs> just a caveat. Or we can be totally right. So we'll see. So here's the first football guy, Josh Allen. We talked about Josh Allen in previous episodes. We're saying the hype is too big. You know, he's uh, like expensive already. But I mean, if you saw his first two games, he's ridiculous. He is yeah. the best quarterback in the league right now. Everyone will probably agree to that so josh allen what's your fomo level on that man uh this this one's tough because i remember we were talking about josh allen last year and yeah. his prices were cheap and we we're like man it's it's really cheap but it's still expensive right <laughs> right it's yeah. still expensive but then it kept on going up right uh, year after mm-hmm. year yeah. so it's like i can't like i'm at a point where it's like i miss my opportunity with josh allen you know so it's like i'm not I have like probably a two or three FOMO with Josh Allen. Like, of mm. course I want him to do well, but like, it's kind of like, um, you know, other, other guys like Otani. It's like, he was so cheap at one point and now it's like, ah, just can't do it. Right. So yeah, I, I I'm, okay. I'm, it's pretty low for me. I'm not a, in a rush to, you know, buy, buy these, uh, volatile people in a bear market. Yep. Johnny. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think I'm sim- I have a similar mindset as uh, Hyung. I like to think that I, I tend not to get FOMO a lot, but for the sake of this game that we're playing, <laughs> I will say I think Josh Allen is a FOMO 10. He is on the highest level of FOMO <laughs> because it, it, you do play in that space because you know that Josh Allen cards are too expensive, so you've, you've missed your chance and you're not going to really be able to play in it. Um, but at the same time, you're watching a guy that you thought looked all the bit legit last year. He looked like an absolute stud, and he's showing it again this year. And the Bills look unstoppable, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, he if all if of all the people on this list, I'm sure Josh Allen would be the FOMO ten on a scale. The only thing is, though, the thing that's holding fear of missing out is you can't afford it. <laughs> you can't get any of his cards. So it's like I, you're not missing out on anything because I just can't. I can't buy his cards. It's, it's they're too crazy. So yeah, yeah, but he would he would be on on a scale of one to ten. He's a ten. Okay, that's a good point. I th- I feel like we're kind of similar in some sense of how we approach card prices. Right. So let's let's say we have the funds. All right. Or you know, the, sure. let's let's just play this game, right? Because because uh, we would just say FOMO is one or two because we're not buying in at this, <laughs> when it's such a ridiculous <laughs> high point. All right. So that's a, that's a good uh, point to bring up for sure. Um, I'm gonna say my FOMO level 
is probably high as well, like seven, eight. Realistically, I would be with Hyung, two or three. I missed the boat, forget about it. I'm on to the next guy. That's how I am really. Right. But, you know, if I had money to gamble with, you know, like he's up there, eight, nine. Like people are talking about the Bills going 17 and 0. Like the hype is just growing right now, you know? <laughs> and I'm like buying into every bit of it, you know, like listening to every sports podcast and I'm like, damn, these guys are that good, you know? And you yeah. see the highlights, unreal. So yeah, I wish I saw it. I wish I saw the Josh Allen potential and just the Bills, you know? And, you know, in two, three weeks ago in our pockets of world, I was scoffing at the Bills being the Super Bowl favorites. I'm like, what? No, yeah. you know? So so now I'm kind of eating my words already after week two. So I'm going to say about eight for me. All right, another QB that's doing really well, a lot of swag. It's not Joe Burrow, who I love. It's Jalen Hurts from the Philadelphia Eagles. What's your FOMO level at with Jalen? Man, this is... It, I was on Jalen Hurts. I, I did. I did. <laughs> yep, Just a, you did. A year ago, right? Like, I, yeah. for me, it's like... he, Like, this year is, is obviously his year. But like like I said, you know, we the last couple of episodes in our podcast, like, this is in the middle of football season. And I know, like, I I don't... Right now is a sell for me, right? Jalen Hurts is a sell because, like, for me, these guys have to keep it up. You know, just remember, they have to keep it up the moment they don't. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like, we've seen it all. It's like Brady's Brady, you know, and then Mahomes is Mahomes too. But, you know, it's the same story, right? It's like they have to exceed kind of like Pat Mahomes kind of status to keep up with kind of like, the prices and Jalen Hurts is obviously a lot cheaper, but I mean, of course, if you believe in 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 the Eagles, then yeah. But like for me, it's like I missed on that opportunity, so I can't I can't say I'm like, oh man, I'm missing out on Jalen Hurts right now. Especially Hurts. Okay, the Josh Allen, yeah, I could see that because he can be that like Mahomes type kind of hype, but yeah, I don't think Jalen Hurts has that type of kind of like. uh chance for his prices to go astronomical yeah okay so low, low. number is a good, yeah i'd yeah. say three okay yeah fair enough yep low for me too you know i mentioned it before um i am of the firm belief in watching football since i was in high school that you these great all-time great quarterbacks they only come out around once in a while once every five ten years you know minimum and Right now, the the card the sports card card world is treating every single one of these young quarterbacks like they're the next something big, right? So I don't mm-hmm. I don't fall for any of this. Like for me, I pick a, a handful of guys, maybe one or two, three max that I think have the potential to be on a level of Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, and what pick number one, Patrick Mahomes is on that list. He's already mm-hmm. proven it. Pick number two, Josh Allen is looking like he is about about to be on that list. So now it's a super short list. I'm not going to put Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray. Like these guys are not going on that list. So because Jalen Hurts is not in that category for me, and and I like to collect or put money into those types of players. Um, yeah, zero interest. I'm gonna. I'm actually putting my FOMO on Jalen Hurts as a one. Wow, one. Mm-hmm. That's disrespect. Holy smokes. <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with his, what I think of his skill no, I level. Get it, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> FOMO level, FOMO level. Okay, yeah. Gotcha. I'm saying it's a six or seven, man. I am in on Jalen Hurts. <laughs> like, 
He's drinking that Kool-Aid. No, come on. Maybe I just see the good highlights, but like his running game is is real. Running game is good. Yeah, he's like like ridiculous. And you know, I'm gonna give him an extra point for like playing with the Eagles. Like that fan base is real diehard fans too, right? So I think when you factor that in, and you know, there's a lot of Eagles fans. I'm sure there's a lot of Eagles fans in the hobby. You know, I think that that kind of ups his um, value as well. So you know. Yeah, and I like his swag, like I mentioned, Jalen Hurts. Um, that's always good for the game, too, just brimming with confidence and just kind of backing it up with um, how he's playing. So I'm going to say about seven for me. I think these numbers can change, too, as the season goes by. Because that's as they keep eight. on shoving, you know, it's just like, okay, <laughs> yeah. it's a little more. It's going up a bit. It's like, damn it. It would be very volatile. That's what I love about football. Week after week, it changes, right? Like, depending on each game, essentially. But yeah. True, true. All right, one more QB, Tua from the Dolphins. He was my pick that, you know, his prices could go kind of like pretty high if he comes out hot. So um, his prices were pretty cheap, but I would, I'm going to say all football is going to be in that three range for me because it's just the wrong, like I'm not, I'm not falling for it. I can't, I just can't, (laughs) I just can't get myself to buy football in season. It just, like to me, it makes no sense because, like the the way the prices are on some of these guys, I don't I don't believe Tua. There's I think there's opportunity. So if there's FOMO, I would give him a little more, like a, a three three to four, because there is that potential. I just think Josh Allen's so so expensive. Tua's so cheap. Jalen's so cheap. So you could kind of like roll the dice in that aspect. But yeah, I would say uh, I get it. Yeah, I get three that to play. four for Tua. I don't I don't see him keeping it up for. You know the the whole season. Whole season. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'm about to eat my words on what I said about Jalen Hurts. To uh, uh, I have a bit of a soft spot for him in high school. My <laughs> uh, the team that I chose to follow, unfortunately, was the Dolphins. And why? It was really <laughs> random. I think no. I was like uh, I was in the ninth grade, getting into football for the first time, and yeah. you just had to. You know, everyone had a team. Like my my boys at that time. Uh, sure. was like a hardcore Niners fan. Who wasn't? It was all about the Niners back then or like Green Bay. And I kind of mm-hmm. had to start to choose a team. And I had a Dolphins hat that I really liked that I was always wearing. I'm like, I'm just, I'm picking the Dolphins. So <laughs> okay. I went with Dan Marino and it's been, you know, I'm not, I'm not a hardcore fan or anything, but <laughs> there hasn't been much to cheer about for the Dolphins since <laughs> those days. So I've, I've had a soft spot for two, uh, Ever since he came to the league, I thought, you know what, maybe I'll like for fun throw some money at him because it is the Dolphins. It is kind of fun. So there is a bit of this sentimental FOMO that I'm ha- having with Tua. He, I do categorize him as like a Jalen Hurts kind of player. Not He's not in that Josh Allen where I would really yeah. spend some big money on. Um, but Tua, I'll give him some respect because he's, I have a soft spot. I'm going to put him at a four for a FOMO. Okay. What a game, I'm though, gonna, man! I, I, it was, yeah, that, what a, that was insane. All of it happened in the second half, right? Like most of it. Yeah, I, well, I saw the score and they were down by like twenty something, and I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah here was, we go!" Like they, they, you know, two was like his card's gonna go down, and he, they, he, you know, it's nothing. And then by the end of the night, I, I, I was looking at TSN, which is like the ESPN Canada. Um, and Six I see touchdowns. The, I see the score. I was like, Crazy. "What? That's yeah. insane." So I love about sports. You never know. You never know until the very yeah. end. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I'm not a Tua believer. I, I guess your personal bias got in the way, Johnny. But for, um, for sure, for sure. But but uh, I'm not like I. I feel like that was an incredible game. This game um, in week two. But but um, if there's a this is a selling opportunity for me. So I'm not I'm not fomoing in on Tua. He's got two of the fastest receivers. I'm sure that helps a lot. Oh yeah. But you know, play a team that can really run their blitzes like hard you know like that might be more problematic for Tua I think we have yet to see a game like that with the Dolphins so I'm selling Tua my FOMO level is pretty much at a one or two so personal preference I guess all right let's shift gears to baseball the only other major sport that's on right now um Aaron Judge hit 60 homers as of this recording I just checked this score line the the Yankees won 14 to 2 and Judge didn't hit a home run, oh. surprisingly. <laughs> I was like, oh, one more to tie the AL record, Guy's to tie Maris's record. His, his numbers are ridiculous. And he's a guy that I I would say, yeah, the FOMO level's high. and I Triple crown, what, potentially. Right. It's one of those things where we, we've, we've had every opportunity to buy Aaron Judge at such a cheap yep. price. Now his prices are astronomical. It's like, but yeah. even then, I'm like, you know what? Like, I still think there's some cards... Right now they're on blowout, even though it's his uh it's a twenty seventeen chrome gold refractor. I think it's a PSA ten mm-hmm. out of fifty. It's it's a all star game though, so it's not his like true rookie, but still yeah. I mean the guy was selling for like nine hundred bucks or best offer, right? Wow, so there's that's a good deal, yeah, to I me think. a gold refractor rookie. Uh, like it's still like there's still good opportunities out there. So like I, I would say my FOMO level is still pretty high with Aaron Judge because this was kind of his make or break year for me. Like yeah. uh, because he's getting older, but if he if he does this for the next couple years, I mean like he's he's in talks of some doing some serious damage in terms of numbers like catching up because he he started a little a little late in his career, right? So yeah, like for me, I I'm. I've been looking at a lot of Aaron Judge actually, so I'd say it's it's about a seven to eight right now for yeah. me. Okay, Clarky is loving loving all of this. Loving He's just it. soaking it in. Can't wait. You gonna sell your refractor or what? <laughs> I'll go now. Yeah, yeah. Like, remember? I don't know if you remember John, but at the last card show in June when I actually yeah. made that trade for Aaron Judge, I'm like. Hey, there's a. I believe there's an outside shot chance that he's going to go AL MVP if he continues his home run streak. Right. I think it was at like 30 or 29 by the break. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. there's a chance, and and I, I remember John's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, I should have recorded that kind of uh, reaction. <laughs> but anyway, I am, yeah, I'm loving it, and uh, I agree with Young. I'm looking at like other, like not the Bowman Chrome, but like other. Um, nice lower end lower to mid end autograph rookie cards from right. other sets like or even like a yeah like you said a tops chrome uh, re- numbered refractor like i think there's a chance so um if i didn't have the bowman chrome refractor like my fomo level would be about 8 or 9 right now i'm i'm eating it all up <laughs> it's like it's much watch tv now people are watching the yankees game to see if he's going to hit another home run like right. it's it's kind of fun right. to watch the yankees game yeah um and i can't believe i'm saying that as a jays fan but yeah it's fun to watch <laughs> johnny what do you think yeah i'm uh i talked about Aaron judge last week i i still reserve my feelings but i'll give him respect i'm going to fomo <laughs> fomo on level 8 he he deserves it man he's doing some special things Nice, nice. All right, one more. Uh, again, in baseball, 
the heavy favorite to win American League Rookie of the Year, J-Rod, Julio Rodriguez. What's your FOMO level on him? Oh, man. I'm I'm actually not that. Really? I mean, okay. He, yeah, he had, he, had, he had a pretty good season, like amazing mm-hmm. season. As a 21-year-old, like ridiculous. His, his war was very respectable, and I think he has a bright, very bright future. Um, but... I just think his prices are so expensive to start off because, you know, his Bowman uh, Chrome, his first auto basically came in right before the the craziness of the hobby with Wander Franco. So he was in the same class as Wander Franco. And, you know, like you got like like we said, it's like it was astronomical at the peak of the hobby. Right. So it's like I still think he's part of that play where as Aaron Judge he was the complete opposite, right? So there's two corrections going in two separate ways. So yeah. for me, it's like I'm, I. It's not that I don't believe in Julio. I think in the off season there's going to be opportunity, and um, even like next year if he doesn't come out like hot, look at what happens to Soto, Tatis, all these other superstars when they don't keep up with kind of like their expectation right and then julio's expectation as a 22 year old you know how we are we're like yeah he's gonna win AL mvp next year he's gonna hit 330 with 40 home runs 140 rbis he can steal 90 bags or you know have these ridiculous expectations and then he hits 280 with 30 and steals 30 bags goes 30 30 and we're just like oh you know like you know the prices aren't moving right because it's just continually just tumbles right so like for me julio's about a five i i love julio though like i have a big julio card too so like for me it's like i just kind of like just wait and see kind of i'm not gonna buy uh fomo but i'm definitely not selling either so yeah fair i'm not in the fortunate situation of owning a nice julio like Young has. I do not own any Julio. So am I FOMOing on Julio? I am FOMOing on Julio. <laughs> I would love to own something, but again, kind of like Josh Allen, he's just so expensive. Um, obviously, the the hype of Julio has simmered a bit. This is sort of that mid, you know, I mean, mid to late season lull, um, which certainly helps. But I'm gonna put Julio at a seven. I am. Okay. I am FOMOing. It's not like Josh Allen because Josh Allen's hot right now but um yeah it's still up there I would love to get one of his cards one day yeah I was really hoping it was gonna be Topps Chrome but thank you Topps <laughs> right <laughs> thanks Topps yeah <laughs> um yeah I'm gonna split the difference I'm gonna say my formal levels at a six um because I hear your argument with like guys that can repeat what they did in the rookie year you know, like when Kyle Lewis won Rookie of the Year, when Jonathan India won Rookie of the Year, I was like, whatever. Like they had a good season, but I just didn't have any confidence that they would do that again. And look, I was right. You know, there's some injuries, of course, with Kyle, but, um, you know, like, but what makes Julio Rodriguez different for me is like he had the pedigree. He showed what he could do. You know, like there was a lot of expectation on J-Rod going in. And he more than met them in this year. Like sure. I just looked at the stats, 27 homers, 25 steals, pretty much a 30-30 guy with a couple weeks left in his rookie season. And I feel confident that he could maintain those numbers. Maybe he won't beat him, but like he could be, or he could even take a next step up, be that 30-30, definite 30-30 player. And I think if he does that for a few seasons, like he'll be 
you have to categorize them in the upper tier of baseball players at that point. Kind of like inching towards, you know, the guys we like, Tatis, Acuna, Soto, you know what I mean? Like, right. you know, maybe steps, you know, half a step down from them. And um, so I believe in his talent moving forward uh, more than guys like former rookie of the years, like the guys I just mentioned. So I looked at his price, Bowman Chrome, Prospect Auto, PSA 10. It's going for about 2200 right now. So yeah, it is high for a guy that played less than one season of MLB. But um, if it goes down a little bit further, then, you know, I think there's a buying opportunity there. All right. Good segment. We'll try to do it again in a future episode with guys that uh, just, uh, you know, play amazing. And we'll do another FOMO level check then. All right. Let's end off this episode with our regular weekly segment we call Pick One. And if you're a first-time listener, this is when the three of us come up with two guys, two players, two cards... And then uh, we debate which one we would rather invest in. All right. So as usual, we're going to ask Kyung to start things off. All right. We're going to go go to basketball because um, I came up upon like a couple listings. Guy was unloading Luca, and mm, I was okay. I, where what caught my eye was he was he had a, a, a courtside silver PSA ten, and oh. uh, basically uh, he was he listed it for like. 10k or something like that but the last sold was uh actually 8800 so i was like whoa these things like literally tumbled i remember when this thing was like 28k or 25k at one point right. and uh he was also selling the base which which we always talked about uh the courtside base how there it's it's uh, short printed at the end of the day um yeah. and it's one of i i think it's one of luca's best uh best card so i always thought hey if it ever goes under a thousand i think that's a good buying opportunity mm. but i i believe uh, the the base not the silver the the base courtside psa 10 has gone under it was like 990 but then the oh, last sale like went back up so right. it's floating between like 1100 and 1300 now Nine ninety. So, yeah, somebody got a deal, um, but you never know. Like, look at Trey Young's court sides; these tumbled and keep keep on tumbling. But I know Luke, you can't compare Luca with Trey. But um, um, would you rather the Panini Select court side Luca PSA ten base? So for for eleven to thirteen hundred, that's the price range, or would you invest in a two thousand three Topps Chrome LeBron James PSA nine? for 2100 would you pay the extra money for the psa 9 chrome of a lebron james or would you go for the courtside base 10 who do you guys know the happened in all the pop count on the lebron i just LeBron. checked it right now i just checked the, the base PSA 9 base yeah. psa 9 yeah the base psa 9 tops chrome his rookie uh his pop count is 3540 Right. And the Luca base court side is 227. Oh, that's higher than I thought. Yeah. Oh, man. You guys know how I feel about Luca. You guys know how I feel about LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is an easy yeah. one for John. Yeah, for oh, sure. Man. I already know. Um, you know what? I am uh, going to go against my personal biases, and I'm going to heed my own advice about. The bear market and what where we spend our money. I'm actually gonna go away from ultra modern. And although it's a PSA nine, I'm not you know, in a recovery market, I would certainly prefer PSA tens all the way. I'm not I don't like to touch PSA nines. But LeBron, 
has cemented his legacy. He's a goat. I I certainly disrespect him, but I I'm not gonna deny <laughs> I'm not gonna deny his legendary status and his place in the game. It's tops Chrome. Yeah, it is a base. Yeah, it is PSA nine. But we're in a bear market, and as we go into the the recovery, uh, it's cards like LeBron's that are going to move well. And the Luka has potential, but it's ultra-modern, and it's select. Like, ah, the freaking (laughs) Panini and select. Like, I can't... Still so mad that Panini just, like, screwed up select. because We still love select. We still love select. I was such a fan of select. So much potential. Looked pretty. And it just got screwed over. So I just I don't know where Select is gonna sit in the sports card atmosphere going forward. So all of that doubt really plays with my mind. So because of that, it's for me. I'm going with LeBron. Wow, I didn't yeah. expect that. Yeah. Me <laughs> e. Okay, I'm going with Luca all the way. I like the. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're flipped. was like Freaky Friday here, eh? We just. Right? Um, yeah, I you know I, for the reasons why funny enough for the reasons you mentioned it's a PSA nine it's a base card I don't care if it's in a bear market I think it's Good I point. think you know LeBron James like if it was a PSA ten of, of course that's way it costs way more that would have been a different story but I I don't see the rebound happening as much for PSA nines like I mentioned in a previous episode I'm unloading all my PSA 9s or at least upgrading <laughs> to a PSA 10 sure. like you did with my Trey Young Silver Prison, right? So, so yeah, for that reason. And plus, um, I hear you about Panini Select. I'm with you 100% on how we feel about Select. I think we're all in the same boat. But I'm going to give the 2018 year a mulligan. Like, I think that mm-hmm. that year is a little bit different. And, you know, I think... I think people will see that year as different. You know, that's that's my belief. Um, and the popcorn's low, you know, and it's a PSA 10. And uh, I believe in Luca. I think he's going to be that generational talent. I think he's going to have a full career. And I'm going to look back and, and say, like, damn, I should have bought more Luca. So, right. you know, I'm telling myself right now, I need to buy more Luca before <laughs> before it's too late. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm, and, you know, base court side, short printed. I love that. So, I'm going with Luca in this case. Wow. So, just, just to put it out there, um, what what's LeBron Chrome PSA ten selling for? Eight grand? Did it, it? It didn't go under really eight, I think, or maybe yeah, last know. sold uh, for eight thousand two hundred seventy four, but it did go under. It went for just above seven thousand, like in July. In July, eh? Yeah. So that's so what I'm saying. So PSA nine at twenty one hundred. You're talking, that's like twenty five percent of that price so i think psa nines are undervalued in general but that's probably right. because of the pop count base 30, there's right. 3500 3, it can't it, it can't sustain it can't sustain that if there was a little more rarity that thing mm. should be worth 5000 plus right or sure. not maybe not maybe not that much but like at sure. least 50 percent, right so there i think there is opportunity but again it's it's the pop count and the polarizing uh, i guess uh you either love love LeBron or you hate him. It's 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 literally split down the middle. But there's no denying that he is what he's accomplished when it's all said and done. We're gonna look back and we're gonna be like, this guy is tremendous, and he's gonna still put up numbers. So there's that. But like I said, and I think Clark, you hit it like where 2018 does get a mulligan. Even I would even put 2019. I I think 2019 hmm. was phenomenal for select courtside or select in general. Uh, yeah. With obviously the court side being kind of like 
the go-to uh, in the set, the subset. So for me, that's my favorite Luca. It's it, the the image of of his courtside. My one of my want on Luca's list was the silver courtside, but like I, I mean, I think it's still too expensive, right? But like that mm-hmm. thing was twenty five k at one point. And Crazy. now it's down to like eight thousand. I think eight thousand eight hundred was the last sold. But it's such a beautiful card. It it, it has it, it has this shine. Um, yep. So it's like uh, just that image itself. I'm a huge fan. So from a investment standpoint, I think um, Luca has the volatility uh, chance because it's a PSA ten and it's rare, right? You're you're talking pop two twenty. Uh, so it's it's a good opportunity, I think, to for for his prices to kind of catch up once he does what he's capable of doing, and hopefully, you know, they they actually go deep into the playoffs. You know, like I think that's what he needs to kind of like sustain his prices. Right. Otherwise, it's just gonna keep on keep on going down. He needs to win some brass now. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I'm gonna throw this out. Let's kind of. Uh, I was just looking at the stats and just quickly, like I like this comp. But if we upped everything, so you're talking about the silver quartzite, which we, which did you say it was like 10, yeah. 11K? Yeah, yeah. Um, how about that PSA 10 of that versus the versus LeBron, LeBron Refractor Ooh, PSA uh, 9, which is going for 11K? Oh, shit. Wait, LeBron, <laughs> wait, LeBron Chrome Refractor PSA 9 goes for 11K? Yeah, pop count 355. Oh, wow. I didn't, that seems cheap. And the PSA Holy 10 count. is going for 55K. So it's kind of that 20% value, right? 28%. Same ratio, probably. Similar. Um, With lower pop count. What's what's the Luca's uh, silver quartzite pop count? That has to be pretty low. Oh, yeah. That has to be like 50. Let me check that out. Luca quartzite, um, yeah. It's probably 70-ish or less. It is 38 Oh yeah, wow. that's pretty Dang. low. PSA ten. Shoot, I'm rolling the dice on this one, boys. I'm going <laughs> like I gotta have that card. That card is so beautiful. That would Luca? that would be okay. one of the yeah. I'm going Luca on that. that oh, it's man. such a beautiful card. I, I'm flipping in this case. I'm going LeBron all yeah. the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I love I love that Luca card, but the LeBron Chrome in a refractor. I think if you have any kind of opportunity to buy that card, I think. Old Topps Chrome Refractors. Love it. Shout out to Refractor Jones. I think those are the cards that are going to blow up. So it's LeBron James for me. All right. Impromptu. That's a bonus. That's a bonus. Nice. I like like that. I like that impromptu. That was a good one. All right, Johnny, you're next. So we're going to move on to the GOAT. Michael Jordan. (laughs) Okay. We're we're going um, Jordan 84 star. I think this has been the buzz for the last couple of months. Jordan 84 star BGS 7 versus mm-hmm. Jordan 86 Fleer PSA 9. Both mm-hmm. of them kind of floating floating around the 18,000 mark. It's, wow, this okay. is uh we're talking big boy space. <laughs> Which is the better investment? I'm going to check the pop count just quickly, but it's uh, pretty low. BGS 7 is Probably like under two hundred, because of the grade, probably right. Not and a lot of BGS. PSA nines are, uh, they're up there, twenty five hundred. Some... Yeah, just twenty eight, twenty nine hundred. Oh, there you go. Um, I'm going for the card instead of the grade. 
I guess it doesn't matter because I'm picking the FLIR anyway. The grade is better for the FLIR in this case. So uh, I just like the more iconic card in this case. And I guess it's personal preference. I know there's a big debate on which one's the true rookie. Right. But I still think more people, there's still more collectors out there that still say the 86 FLIR is the rookie card. And um, um, I guess because of that sentiment. And it's a PSA 9. In this case, uh, low pop count. I don't mind that. So I'm going with the Michael Jordan Fleer 86. Nice. I normally would probably get the card, the the 84 star, but the BGS7 is just like eating at me. Like I'm <laughs> assuming that's a white label. That's a white label. <laughs> the paper like, label, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, man, that's an ugly slab. Uh, yeah, for me, I think uh, – yeah, I, I, I think that might play a big factor on it, to be honest. And because it, the Jordan 86 is such an iconic card and the PSA 9 is, is honestly a grail card because that's the second best card you could pretty much get other than a PSA 10, right? Other than obviously a, a gem mint uh, BGS 9.5, but you're right. not talking the same price now, right? So like for me, uh, Gretzky's the same way. Uh, the highest grade Gretzky I could possibly afford is one of my goals down the road, you know, and right. constantly upgrading Jordan's in the same boat, you know, all these Hank Aaron's in the same boat, like all these iconic, those are the kind of like the end goals for me. So, right. um, I'm going to go Jordan 86 Fleer PSA nine. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. You, you know, when I thought of this question, I thought it was, I didn't like the question because I thought it was going to be an easy Jordan star sweep. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Really? So okay. you guys are you guys are surprising me, and I, now you're starting to doubt whether I'm I'm really gonna pick the star. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, it's the Flare eighty six. Oh man. Well, you know what? The question was better investment. So we're we're gonna try to give people investment advice or our opinion on the investment. Eighty six Flare PSA nine would be an all time grail card. For me, there's no question on a personal level that is the card. The BGS seven star, um, I'm I'm generally not a fan. I've never considered that, you know, his his rookie card. But I I think okay, so there there is hype. So it is at eighteen thousand for a BGS seven, and I'm sure that has a lot to do with all of this chatter about this card that's happened in the last three months. So you could say there is a correction coming for it but at the same time it is a jordan it is what a lot of people consider his his true rookie card i don't think it's true rookie card do i believe that it's his first rookie card kind of like a bowman first yeah i'll agree with you there it's it's his first rookie card um but there's just such a low pop count that i'm not sure if there is going to be a correction i feel like because Mm. jordan is a staple he is like the collectible face in the hobby across all sports i don't know if this hype is ever going to go down i feel like this is the type of card as much as you like the 86 more investment wise i think this is the card that's going to start climbing and going into people's collections and never coming out and there's i don't know how many that are in existence like 2000 you know whatever and when all is said and done i think a bgs7 is going to be a pretty good grade so at eighteen thousand, I think investment wise, I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the star. I think the pop okay. count is so low across the board that it it is a card that's gonna continue to climb. That's what sure. I believe. 
who knows what'll happen, but yeah. <laughs> we'll monitor what happens over the years. Yeah. Young, you can always crack it and just submit it to PSA. <laughs> Get out of that. Right. Absolutely. That's the first thing I would do, right? It's 18K. What's 18K? Like, yeah. just throwing it around like yeah. it's nothing. By the way, the PSA 7 goes for like 25, 26,000. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, it could, I mean, it could be a worthwhile crack. <laughs> Especially if it's a 7 with good subgrades. Sure, sure. All right. I like it. Okay. Last uh, pick one is for me. On one side, I'm giving you guys Juan Soto. His 2016 Bowman Chrome Prospect Auto, PSA 10, which uh, last sold for just over 3000 So it's come down from its all-time high. Versus Aaron Judge, his Topps Heritage Real One Auto, just a blue ink, not the red ink, but blue ink. His rookie card, PSA 10, also sold for $3,000. So similar yeah. in price. One's trending upwards, one's trending downwards. I'm going with the downwards one, Clark, here. Like, for me, the, the real one, if it was a red ink, yeah, no doubt. Right. Like, mm-hmm. the, the numbered one. But, like, for me, that's a... I'm surprised. I actually seen that. I think it was maybe on your, your feed. Yeah. You, met, you, you, you had that ending, and I guess it ended at 3,000. Wow, wow that's, a, that's a... No, no, the, the oh, Aaron Judge, the, the real yeah, yeah. one auto. Yeah, right. That's right. that's a healthy sale. Like that's for a real one sale. auto, a very, very healthy sale. So I'm going Bowman Chrome auto with Soto because for me that's that was the that was the big card and it's trending downwards and you know, I think I don't see the real one auto, you know, um being able to sustain kind of like that price because I'm used to real one auto. This is Topps Heritage you're talking about versus Bowman First Chrome. Like Topps Heritage is like not a great set. The only thing that's great about Topps Heritage is like the refractors kind of. It's a low end set, but if mm. you get the black refractors, they're well desired. The golds are amazing, and then you have your real one autos in in, in blue ink and then your red ink, right? So it's like the red ink is like okay, that's that's big boy territory. That's kind of like the grill of the Topps Heritage. Right. So it's like Bowman first chrome of Juan Soto is a massive card, right? So for me, it's like a PSA 10 of that would be something that I'm comfortable with investing in 100% over the Aaron Judge uh, real one auto. So Soto for me. Okay. Do you guys know the print runs on real one autos in general? Like the base, the base real one auto? Like they, two, 300? Yeah, I would say somewhere there. So it's not like super, super high, but the mm. number is like it's 70, 71 or something like that. Or right. it depends on the year, I think, right. Uh, right. what they're mimicking. What's the blue ink numbered out of? It's not. It's not numbered. Yeah. Oh, it's not numbered. It's just, yeah. blue, it's, it's just more SSP short printed than the base, obviously. Yeah, and it's oh, on card right. auto. It's, it's like a nice card, but right. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, logic here. I think it's an easy one. It's Juan Soto because you're buying low on a guy that everyone believes in versus a guy that you're selling high on. So I think it's an easy pick on the Bowman Chrome. But I can understand and appreciate, Clark, what you're trying to do here because I do think there is something to, something with real one autos. I feel like they have slowly been climbing. The Red Ink, I mean, Hyung knows this for a while. Red Ink has been sort of like a grail for a lot of people mm-hmm. but but that's more for the hardcore collectors like guys like me who came back into it just a couple of years ago we would never know like i would have never have known the red ink was anything 
to do with Grail space if it wasn't for somebody that, like Hyung that knows the history behind it. But I think <clears throat> Real One is starting to catch on the wider audience. So I think there is something to targeting Real One autos. Um, yeah, it's. I think it has legs. Aaron Judge, he's hot right now. So I'm not going to say go out and buy Aaron Judge because you're buying high. But I think the concept on Real One autos, I can appreciate where you're going with that, Clark. I, I, okay. Yeah. But it is it is one Soto for this particular. Yep. Like, yeah. I'm gonna. You know what? I'm thought of this because like, yeah, it was a pitting one that's trending downward and one that's trending upward. But like, where's the momentum? How far is it gonna go? So, for me, I'm actually gonna go with Aaron Judge as a short term flip. Like, if I'm gonna flip it within a month or two, I think if I get it at three thousand, which was the last sold. There might be a good chance I could sell at 4,000 if he hit 61, 62 home runs going into the playoffs, right? Whereas I think once so does PSA 10, I could get it for under 3,000 at this point. Minus 1,500 for eBay fees, but... (laughs) Private sale, private sale. Um, (laughs) um, So that was my thinking. So short-term flip, I'm going to go with Aaron Judge. In this, right. in this no, case. that that makes sense. That makes sense. And I chose the real one auto, to be honest, for this one v one because the price was similar. You know what I mean? That, I'm shocked okay. actually. Like that real one sell for that high. I would have never thought like ever real ones would go. And I think what what sparked it was Otani's. Right. Mm, yeah. Because his, his was going for ridiculous. Like his his red ink was going over 10k. I think. Yeah. But yeah. that doesn't, so doesn't sweet, he though. have? Uh, is, doesn't he have such kan- a nice card. Doesn't he have kanji Which, auto real ones? Is it is it real one that he has? He I've does never his seen Japanese one. autograph. No, no, no. That's uh, Tops Living. He has. Uh, I think it's exquisite. like it's a very uh, it's a very niche. Exquisite has one. Exquisite. Yeah. Yeah, Yo, that's a nice um, card. where was it on Slapstock? Someone someone featured it. Uh, I, was, I was it was someone's Instagram featured it where it's not known because. He only signed like ten of them out of like a couple, in Japanese. Like a, in Japanese, yeah. So it's like it's like ultra rare, but people don't know yeah, about it. Because I think they don't, I remember that they don't yeah. show up. Yeah, I was just I'm trying to think. Was it the real one? Anyways, the Kenji auto. That's yeah. That's a grail card for me too. I would love to have one, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's sky sick. high prices for sure. All right, <laughs> thanks again for all our listeners. That wraps up our episode this week. Um, yeah, you can always, like we said at the beginning of the show, reach out to us at any time. DM us at our Instagram page, which is at cards to the moon, all one word. And you can see all the posts that we put up there of our uh, past guests as well, past interviews with some of our friends in the hobby. And uh, yes, yeah, some of our episode recaps as well. So yeah, just find us there and we'd love to hear from you guys. And if you enjoyed this episode, always um, we appreciate you giving us uh, five stars wherever you listen to your podcast. All right, that wraps it up. We'll see you again soon. Hey, thanks for listening to Cards to the Moon. We'd really appreciate you subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can also connect with each of us on Instagram at 5cardguys, or you can follow Hyung at Integrity Sports Cards, or John at TradeU at Recess. You can also check us out at 5cardguys.com. Thanks again and hope to connect soon.